now turn that to the Lord our King of Kings our Lord of Lords thank you for speaking to us today Lord thank you for directing us today Lord Lord ignite our imagination open up to us father what heaven says right now that it may be so in the earth I thank you for it I praise you for this all God's people said amen 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 you may be seated thank you for your worship thank you for your um, engagement amen this is a season that God I, I, you've heard the word of the Lord He's spoken to us through so many times and through so many voices 23 is going to be a monumental year of increase in the name of Jesus you are going to, you and I, we're going to experience what we have never experienced before in, in, in 23. Look at your neighbors. It's you and me in 23. In, in fact, in fact, uh, I remember last week that we were talking about how many meetings. Have you ever figured out how many meetings you have during the week? Have we just sat down and talked about how many meetings you have, be it with you and someone else, or you in a group, or you online? I mean, it's an incredible amount of meetings that we have. The Lord spoke to me, he said, there's no meeting more crucial nor important than when my church, when I gather my church together. And then I also remember last week, the Lord spoke to us about the need for us to pay attention to the meetings we have with our families. God is ready to bring restoration in families. Amen. Amen. Can I get a better amen than that? In fact, today I want you to, if I can, if I can just give you an introduction today to something I want to speak to you about for the next few weeks. Um, to do it, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 37. I want you to go there with me. And I'd like you to decide, look into it with me through my eyes, and, and I'd like you to find yourself in the narrative this morning. Genesis chapter 37. And by the way, we're pushing away the plate and we're, we're fasting because this is a time when God is, a, is ready now to bring harvest, an increase of souls. God is going to make a difference in your family, I promise you. If you hear and believe, you, you will be shocked at what God does to the members and the condition of your family. Critical conversations that are, have already begun are going to increase in our lives. When we leave this place, be mindful of the fact that God is ready to do an amazing work of restoration among your family. Your family is on God's heart. There are certain things that need to happen in the hearts of the members of those who belong to your family. Those who are estranged, estranged, separated, mad, busted and disgusted. Sometimes Christmas time reveals the condition of our families. Can anybody feel what I'm talking about? Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's celebration. In our nation, one of the traditions we have, those are seasons we concentrate on family. But isn't it amazing that there's more trauma across America during family times than any other times of the year? God is ready to do a work in your household and those of the same blood. But to do that, he's got to get a hold of our hearts and minds. So open with me, walk with me into the story because it's one of the most incredible stories in the scripture. It's so amazing how it doesn't matter what trauma you have experienced in your family. Doesn't matter how terrible the condition of your family. Almighty God is able to take that and turn it for his good. He's able to twist it, untwist it, so that it, what was 
What was evil now becomes great or good. What was painful now becomes a joy. And every single one of us are in that narrative, but check this out today, because Joseph is 17 years old. I don't know if you understand Joseph's background, but you talk about a mess. Joseph is not the, 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 the Jewish, the young Jewish kid that was born in a perfect family where mom and dad came together, loved each other, and he was the product of their love, and everyone lived happily ever after. That's not the story that I want to share with you today. In fact, in, in verse 2, 37, it records the generations of Jacob, Joseph's father, and it says, Joseph, when he was 17 years of age, he was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Billa and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now, I need you just to get with me for a second and open your heart and think about this. Talk about a blended family. Now, Carol and I have been ministering to families for more than 40, 50 years, but we have never in our lifetime seen the family in the condition that it is right now. In fact, in our marriage, in marrying people, in, in the marriage, um, in the marriage um, uh, questionnaire, we have to ask them, have you been married before? Do you have any children? How many children you have? How many of the children are from the same daddy or same mama? Do you have two or three sets of children? How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Well, Joseph, Joseph, check him out. He's with his brothers. In fact, in that family, you find there, there are, in essence, three sets of children. Are you there, saints? Uh, it's kind of interesting when you look at it and you apply it to where we live today. There are 12 sons that Jacob had, actually 13 and all, that Jacob had. He had Leah, his first wife. You know, he got tricked into Leah. Some of you don't know the story. You should read the story of Jacob. But he, listen, when, when he saw the one he really loved, when he, when he saw Rachel, the one he really loved, you, in, in those days, you, you couldn't just, you couldn't shoplift the pootie. You had to, you had to actually go to the daddy. I'm sorry, am I talking to the right people this morning? Y'all said with me. And, and, so, and, so, and, so, and so Jacob had to go to the father to get the, get the uh, permission of the father to marry the child. That actually was enacting. How many of you had to go get the permission from your wife's daddy to marry her? Are any of you, do I have any of you left that had to do that? I'm sorry, there's one, two. I'm sorry, forgive me. Would you stand on your feet? And would you just clap your hands for these brothers that actually had to go through the process? They had to ask the daddy. And the daddy had the power to say no. The rest of y'all was shoplifting. Hello, somebody. You may be seated. How many we married? Yeah, stand up again. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Oh yeah. If I marry, if Carol, if we married, lift your hand up for Carol and I married you. Oh, clap your hands one more time. Amen. Some of y'all say, I wish y'all would have. Amen. All right. So Joseph, uh, Jacob had to go to the father, and the father said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can have my daughter, but you're gonna have to work for me. Now, everybody in this room knows if, if, if every brother in the house right now, if you had to go to work almost like a slave in order to marry the woman of your dreams, how many of you know that's some serious love? I know you got to say serious because you know. We made you late, wait at least a year. But that's all right. Praise God. So, he, and he, wor he worked Work like a Hebrew slave. That's a, good, that's a good analogy. And at the end of that time, the daddy said, finally, you can have it. Well, you know, bro was so ready. Amen. Uh, he, didn't even, he didn't even pull the veil back to see who. 
Hello, somebody. It was dark and he was ready. Amen. And the next morning, when he saw that face, he said, ah! It was, it was the wrong one. Amen. Daddy had flipped the script on me and put another of his daughters in. Can you believe it? Now, I'm saying this to you because Jacob really wanted, he really, really loved this woman he saw. And by the way, can I just say to you, all of us here today, when, when a man loves a woman, she can do no wrong. When a man loves a woman, he'll spend his last dime. I'm just talking about the kind of love that, 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 that my wife and I, you know, that we, that I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, feel, I'm, not, I'm talking about deeper than just feelings. I'm talking about that when, when, you, when, you, when you love somebody, when, when, you, when, as my friend said a few days ago, called this woman, his, the woman he wants to marry, he called up, he said, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, this happened last week, called up, he said, he said, he said, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Called, yeah, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. He called her up, and she answered the phone. He said, look, I'm just wondering why are you walking around in my heart while I'm trying to go to sleep? <laughs> Good God Almighty. I said, bro, that line will work. Hello, somebody. Wait, the next time I go out of town, you watch what I'm going to do, bro. I'm going to use that. <laughs> when a man really loves a woman... It's like your whole life is consumed. Can I get a witness in here? How many of you have, have found yourself on the phone two hours? Two hours seem like 30 minutes talking to that woman. Amen. Raise your hand, brothers, if you understand what I'm talking about. I feel, I feel you over there. I feel you over there. You just had an empty house, right? God bless your love. Amen. All right, so. And here Jacob goes to whatever. He doesn't care what it costs. He doesn't care what it costs. I love that woman. Getting tricked twice. He still wanted this woman. By the way, he has a whole set of sons. He has a whole set of sons by the first one he married. Her name was Leah. His, the firstborn Reuben and, and, uh, and Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Zebulon, they were all the sons of Leah, the trick, the trick wife. And what's so crazy about that, they said she had droopy eyes, that her eyes are, you know, you know, she, you know, you know her eyes are, I'm, I said droopy eyes, I'm talking about. Can, can, you, can you imagine? I, I met Jesus, honey, when I look into your eyes, instead of saying the hands of time stand still, he said, you got a face that'll stop a clock. Amen. So he, 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 he but, but it was too late because it was too late. And he, you know the thing about this woman? She could have babies. She could almost just, she could have babies. Bam, 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 bam. And, and the one he really loved, no children. It was hard. Can you imagine having several, I don't want to, I don't want to open it, read it for yourself. You'll see, not only did he have her, then he had the, the, the concubine, then he, had, then he, and he couldn't have, he couldn't have, children by, he couldn't have children by the one he really loved, so he took her concubine, had kids by them. I don't understand that because today in our culture, if you'd have stepped out, you'd have been stepped on. Hello, somebody. Can I talk to the right people? Say amen. amen. And so she, we end up with a situation where he's got several sets of kids. Mm-mm. Excuse me, what happens when all those kids grow up in the same house? Who gets the best treatment? What kind of rivalry is there? Well, you're not from here, that mama. He the, she, he the one, my mama, the one he, he really loved. Can you imagine the can you imagine the trial, the animosity, the arguments? I'm just kind of curious that y'all so quiet. 
How many of you grew up in a family and all your brothers and sisters weren't all from the same parents? Raise your hand and just hold it up for a second. If, you don't, if you're not ashamed, don't be ashamed. And would you please turn your heads and look around? I grew up in a family where all the kids in my family were not. Is that amazing? We're not from the same mother or father. That is amazing. Put them down for a second. I got to catch my breath. Now put them back up again. Lord have mercy, Jesus. You want to find yourself? Check this story out. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and he finally has Joseph. At that time, Joseph, when he was the youngest. And Joseph, not only was he the youngest, but I want you to look at the scripture with me. Jacob said, Joseph, I want you to go check on your brothers. He said, they're they pasturing the flock, so go check and bring me back a report. So Joseph goes out to check out his brothers, and Joseph brought back a bad report. Now, can you imagine? First of all, the ones he's reporting on, they don't have the same mamas. So how do you look at that sibling that is not of the same mother or father? and they're telling on you. You, you. you talk about rivalry, you talk about trouble. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and the scriptures say, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was born of his old age. And he made him a multi or varied, a multicolored tunic. So not only are you going to have that your last son, you're going to love him more than the rest and then telegraph to all the other sons how much you love this one son. And then you're going to go out of your way and make him a cloak that's, that's multicolored, beautiful, instead of them look, hop sack looking clothes that the rest of them red wearing. And of course, you know, in a family, you know about passing your clothes down to the next one? How many of you know about passing clothes down to the next one? It's okay if you're the oldest because you wore them first. But boy, the ones, the second one, hello, somebody. You can imagine the animosity that was created in this family. And here he goes. He goes out to report what's going on with the brothers. Read the script there this week as you see him looking for them in the field and trying to find those brothers. And, 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 and first of all, it lets us know before Joseph finds them, his brothers saw that their father, they saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him could not speak to him on friendly terms. When you, when you, when you, there's nothing worse than hatred among blood. There's nothing worse than hatred in your family. Can you imagine every time they saw him coming, they look at each other, there he come, here he come. I can't stand him. And the father who loves all of his sons but makes them know that, but this one son probably will be my last son. And, and he's the son of my old age. He's special. And, 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 I want, and I want to do something special for him. And in all of his love for the youngest son, he alienates the others. I don't know how many times this has been played out in families, and particularly in, in, in African-American families. When parents express their love, more of their love for one than the other. I hate this phrase parents use, but she my favorite. Some of you are sitting here today because of the pain of those words. Because you weren't one of the favorites. Or you might have been the favorite and you got the, the kickback because the mama never saw that, daddy never saw that. You got the kickback of what happens in the household when, when you are tagged as the favorite. You start judging yourself by the words of your parents. 
and by the worth of the youngest or the one that's chosen or not chosen. I don't think it was real wise. He might have loved that special fit. It was an unwise thing to name one of your children the favorite. When God expects the same love for all of your children, it's amazing that, what we in, that the way God's love works is when you have one child, those of you who have children understand, your first child, you was like, you can't believe it. I remember, I remember when my first child, I remember when the doctors walked into the waiting room that wouldn't let me go into the delivery room, walked into the, into the waiting room, and there was Tiffany's little head, you know, and you're going in here. And what got me is she raised her chin, and there was my wife's chin. I would, and I'm the guy that said, oh, don't get that upset about kids, you know. And they all kind of slimy me when they come out anyway, you know. When I saw Tiffany, I said, she's beautiful. Where's Christopher? When Christopher came out, I said, that's my man. Because I wanted a man child. I wasn't disappointed at the girl, by the way. I was not disappointed that you were a girl. I want you to know, I, I, I knew that you were a healthy, and that way I was so grateful. And you were beautiful, are beautiful. And so my wife teases me because of the way I feel about, you know, my children. But, but, but there she was amazing and you don't think you don't know how it is that the love in your heart can be the same or expand for the next child what is that we ought not be surprised if God our father who loves the who so loved the world that he gave up his only son puts his love in our heart why couldn't we love in the way that they need to be loved all the children that we get and apply to every one of them what they need. Everybody here knows every child needs something different. Hello, somebody. I remember I used to look at Tiffany sideways. She just break that in. I look at Christopher sideways. He said, and what else? Got to treat them differently. Amen. Jacob was unwise by the way he categorized his children. He was, the, he was the initial person that set up the demise in that household. Parents are responsible for how they raise. They're responsible for the way children view themselves. They learn how to view themselves by the words coming out of your mouth. So when you say your peanut head, guess what they see? When they say your bad thing, guess what they become? Whenever you say, oh, that child just gave me so much trouble, then guess what they're going to give you the rest of your days? He was unwise in the way he treated his children. God promised him a plethora of children. God did that. The way those kids came, oh my God. Now, Joseph, he's walking around with his chest high. How many of you know the, the, the favorite walking around with his chest high? He happy. Got his tunic on. I want you to go, son, and go find, see what your brothers are doing. Of course, Father, I will. 17 years old. He the favorite? Come on, y'all. He got the, he got the, he, he ragging, he ragging, they ain't ragging, he ragging. He runs out to find them. He finally finds them. When they're looking in the distance, they see his form coming. If they didn't see nothing else, they saw that, that, that multicolored coat coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking at Xavier's shoes, his special shoes he got this morning. He shows up, and the brothers have a conversation. Are you still in the scripture? Check this out. Listen, listen to the conversation they have when he appears. They hated him, and now, now uh, because the father loved him more, treated him differently than they, 
Then to add to the fire, Joseph, he has a dream. And he, uh, he told the dream to his brothers. And they hated him even more. Verse 5. How many of you know this kind of stuff goes on in families? So they, first of all, they don't like him because the way the father's treating him. They're out doing this work. By the way, he doesn't appear to have any specific job except to look at uh, to spy on them. In your family, who got treated bad? The one who told everything. How many of you had a brother or sister? They're going to tell. You couldn't do wrong in their presence because they're going to tell everything. Why you got your hand up? Weren't you the one told everything? Oh, no, Gary. Okay, right. you, know, you know, if you're going to do some dirt, you're going to wait, right? Wait till so-and-so go out. And then, and then when they come in, you know, because you know they're going to tell it, right? When everybody lines up, who did this? Jody did it! And they all looking at it like, man. Not only do they have that animosity, he's, he, he starts dreaming and he tells them his dream. Yeah. Now, are you still there? I'm just giving you the introduction this morning. He, <laughs> verse 5, then Joseph, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, please listen to this dream, which I have had. <laughs> For behold, we were building sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheave rose up and also stood up erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Verse 8, then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Are you all feeling? This is what's going on in this relationship is, is, is tension. You know, you, those of us who are parents, we don't hear every conversation among our children. If your children sleep in the same room and you have beds for them, there are conversations that go on you don't know nothing about. Uh, uh, every, every evil and wicked thing that children don't have the courage to say in front of their parents, they say in front of each other. And they're telling Joseph, can I put it in, 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 uh, in our terms, I hate the ground you walk on. I can't stand your presence. You need to get up out of my face. In fact, don't let me see you again because you know what I'm going to do to you when I see you again? Are you all there, saints? Now he had still another dream. Say another dream. He told his brothers and, and said, Lo, I have I've had another dream. And he told them again. He related it to his father. He told it to his brothers. He told it to his father. He said, what is it? His dad said, what, what dream did you have? And by the way, for them to dream, they considered spiritual. They considered that Almighty was speaking to them Dreams are one of the ways they believed that God would speak to them. So he tells his daddy about the dream. He, he said, what's this dream you had? Shall I and your mother, shall I, here's what he says. Now he had another dream. Lo, I have had another dream. He said, and behold, the sun and the moon and even the stars, the 11 stars, the 11 stars were bowing down to me. And he related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you're having? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come and bow ourselves down before you and to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept these things in his mind. Then his brothers went to pasture the flock in Shechem. 
And, 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 and uh, Israel said, Joseph, go check on your brothers again. See, see how they're doing. Uh, send me a report about how well they're doing. And he said, yeah, Father, I'll go. Now, when he said, I'll go, he, he forgot. He told everybody his dream. And he's telling them, and he's thinking that the dream gives him authority. So when he tells them the dream, you know, no matter what they thought about him, you know, the, the, ones, who are, the ones who are hated know they're hated and try to get back at the ones they're hated by. Go find, see what they're doing. He's, yeah, I'll go. I'll find them. He finally finds them, and, <laughs> and they see him coming. Before he gets there, the brothers, had it, they've had it up to here with him. This is the kind of stuff that goes on in families. It gets to a boiling point, and they start plotting against you. You see Joseph's pride by telling all the details of his glorification and their, and, and their humility. He tells about what they are going to do before him. He exalts himself above all of them. It wasn't that his dream was not real. It just wasn't interpreted correctly. And I'm going to speak for a moment to those of you that you've had the premonition of the great things God wants to do with you and they are above and beyond what your siblings have experienced. Those, I want to speak to those for a minute for those of you who in your heart you know God has promised you great exaltation. You know God has promised you something amazing. But those in your family they're not really that interested in it. In fact, in, in many families, one sibling's success is another sibling's pain. They start comparing what you have, what you don't have. Now, don't forget, saints, that God's ruling in this world, God's government in this, in this world has been promised by and through family. The one thing Satan hates is a godly family that serves God. One thing he cannot stand is a man who loves his wife faithfully and a woman who loves her husband faithfully and children who obey their parents. Why do you think this is one of the first commands and instructions that he gives? Have we, what's wrong with us? Have we understood that your family is the most important unit to God? You don't believe it, you got to go back to Genesis and understand what he said. He said, let us make man in our image. He made them male, he made them female, and they have offspring. He did not make them confused in their sexuality. He was very specific. When God said, I made, when he, 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 God made man in his image, he made him male, he made him male, come on, male and, come on, male and, female and, male and, female and, excuse me, is there anything confusing about that? I'm rehearsing it for you and for those of you joining us online because you don't need to get screwed up in your mind about whether there's anything in between. God constructed family because he wanted government in the earth. God constructed family and he did so so he could demonstrate his rule in the earth. God knew what he was doing when he made male, female, and children. It's so, it's so important to God until if you look at the Bible, if you open your eyes, look at the Bible from Genesis through and track what God is doing in families. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless the whole world. And guess what I'm going to use to do it? By you, by through your family, Abraham, everybody is going to be blessed. Hey, did you miss it? 
your increase, your wealth comes through family. Why do you think divorce is, is at an all-time high? If I can break up, if I can break up uh, husbands from wives, I can destroy the children's inheritance. The power to rule, the power to reign in Christ gets dissipated and destroyed because, because of, the, of the demise between father and mother. Haven't you figured it out yet? There's never been more divorces in history than now. What is happening to us in our nation? What's happening to us even, even, in your, even in your ethnicity? What's happening to us is a complete breakdown of husbands and wives. Once you get husbands and wives broken up, children suffer the demise. And then they repeat it. I tell you what, what makes me shudder in my shoes, just know that there are maybe half of you who have never seen a man love a woman and a woman love a man and stay that way till death do them part. It's not in your spirit, because by the time you were five, they split. All you saw was the disappointment and the pain of a broken family. Being forced to choose which parent you're going to love and which parent you're going to hate. Young men never identifying with that male, that father, which helps them find their own identity. Now raised by mothers who are bitter and, and, and bitter and sad and broken. Moms who maybe don't want to, but end up taking it out on their sons and on their children. We're suffering from it right now. And what God always wanted was his increase, his wealth, his blessing to be on the household. How does the blessing of the household dissipate? Just break up the marriage and see how many generations that affects. So now we're at the point now, if you talk to Generation Z, they don't want to be married. No, 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 they want sex. They don't be married. Why? Because they didn't witness what it was like. They didn't witness what the Old Testament says, heaven on earth in the household. That's what God wanted. Heaven, the condition of heaven to come into the household on earth. Heaven on earth, that phrase is when God's kingdom comes and rules in a household between a man and a woman. A man who loves his wife he loves his wife sacrificially, loves her in, in spite of what he does not get, loves her when she's not lovable. And we know we got at least one time a month when she's not that lovable. I'm sorry, I'm trying to help you, but I'm trying to help you out. Because sometimes you don't know what to do. Cause you could go, you 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 can go, you can go for 21 days. You're doing good, and for for the rest of the month, you're like, what the what 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 what? <laughs> wave at me, sisters. Amen. Wave at me. Give me praise. Then they've not seen. They have not seen a wife love their husband when he does dumb things. Say amen, ladies. When you break up the household, you destroy the plan of God. Well, you, you try to. When you break up the family, the blessings that come stop. Females don't have an opportunity to have a confirmation of who they are in their femininity. They don't get it because dads don't affirm it. Because dads aren't there to affirm it. Instead, hardhead is there to get it. Mothers can't do it by themselves. Have you not figured out what we're dealing with here? And do you really think that the blessing of God 
can flow in our lives the way, it want, the way he wants it to if we have stuff in our heart with our family. If God's blessing comes through the family, then we better make sure that that's together. When you look at Joseph's life, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you today this introduction because I want you to take faith that no matter what the journey was between you and your household, no matter what that journey was, God has the power in the end to bring about his will and his desire. One reason why I like Joseph's story because it is the most incredible picture of God's power to restore what he said no matter how ugly, no matter how opposite your life may presently be. And it's a story of how God does it. It's so amazing. You really, you really want to get the rest of this. It's amazing how he does it. In fact, you're going to get a clue how God's going to make that happen in your personal life. So they looked at him and they said, well, I tell you what, you, uh, hey, hey, come here. Zeb, come over here. Reuben, come on. We go, hey, Judah, okay. we're going to kill that Negro. Except they didn't use that word, amen. You understand? He come, we're going to get him. Oh, we're going to get him. His pride, Joseph's pride, Joseph's pride in telling the dream, exalting himself, it should have humbled him. The dream should have made him get on his face. Had he, had he, been, had, had he been more mature, he would have known that the worst thing he could do was tell that dream in a braggadocious way to his brothers to get back at them for the way they treated him. Not that the dream wasn't real, not that it wasn't valid, it was, every bit of it, and it came from God. But here he is telling what God is going to do in a way that taints and makes him hated. So, here he comes. You see him? Yeah, I see the code. I mean, I know that code anyway. We're going to kill him today. We're going to kill him. Now, the oldest boy, who's Reuben, he understands the law of God. He said, no, wait, 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 wait a minute, guys. Now, we can't have his blood on our hands. See, he understood innocent blood, that the God of heaven will always, in the end, avenge innocent blood. So we can't kill him. i tell you what we're going to do. We just capture him. We just put him in the pit. He's thinking, well, if I can put him in the pit, then I can, you know, I can get him out. I can get him out and, and preserve his life and take him back to his daddy. But, but Reuben gets deterred and the rest of them put him in the pit and, and, and they put him in the pit. Ain't no water in the pit. He can't climb out. They just drop him down in there. And, and, and some of y'all would have went crazy. I can hear y'all. Oh, oh, get me out. Because some of y'all claustrophobic anyway, you know, and, and, and wasn't no water, anything, and they outside the pit eating. They eating, they having a feast. Yeah, pass me some of that chicken. That's good, yeah. And they eating, and he in the pit. And, and they are upset. Now, they still want to kill him. Reuben's out the scene, and, 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 and then a caravan comes by, and, and, and Judah, I, I, want, I want to appreciate this morning, but Judah, Judah said, look, let's Let's don't kill him. I know we got him in this pit. Let's don't kill him. Let's sell him. <laughs> Judas figuring out how he gets the money. Let's sell him. And I'm, all of y'all that think slavery started in America, you need to open your eyes and get educated. Tell your neighbor, slavery did not start in America. Them African brothers sold their own brothers for money. Hello, somebody. I was listening to Deion Sanders just recently talk about why he left Jackson State, and he, gave, he let the, the cat out the bag. He said, I left Jackson State basically because they didn't handle the money right. And HBCUs that should be flourishing aren't flourishing. One of the reasons is because the administration ain't handling the money right. You hear what I'm saying? So we talk, you know, talking about 
Y'all breathing out there? All right. Okay. So, so, so here we got the same thing. Let's let's sell him. Let's we, we make some money. Let's sell him. So caravan comes by and they sell him. Can you imagine what Joseph is feeling? His pride opens the door for them to plot against him. Then they put him in the pit. And now he's out of the pit and they, he, he don't know where he's going. You know, when you are, when you're captivated by people that way, you don't know what your future is going to be. You don't know what you're going to be doing. You don't know if you're ever going to see your parents, your family again. But he is off. And here he is now in the worst situation, so far away from the dream that God put in his heart. He probably is wondering, I don't even, he, he's probably thinking, I, I wish I'd never dreamed. And many of us are here today. Some of you have been in that pit. Pit represents the place where you are powerless to live out the dream that God gave you. The pit represents that, that condition where your needs are no longer met by, the, by conventional means. It means that you are in, you're in great pain and great fear and you, never believe, you don't believe that what God said to you will ever come to pass. You no longer feel like you are the captain of your ship. You no longer feel that your destiny is in the hand of God. But I want you this morning to consider this. That though you may have been mistreated in your family, though you may have been treated badly, though you may be the scorn of your family, or you even may be the perpetrator of such. You might have been the oldest one who, 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 who were leading the others to try to get you. You may be the, the, the you, you might be one of the older children or the other children who plots against the other, against a brother or a sister because you cannot stand them. You might be the child this morning that has come under the the, the negative words that come from the parents. You know, it's amazing how many folks who live under that, they don't become, they're wrestling to become everything God wants them to be because those words have them captivated because they were spoken by their, by their fathers and their mothers. This is God's season to resurrect what was buried. This is God's season to bring out of the pit those who have been put in. This is the season right now for God to fulfill the words that he spoke to those who were hated and, and demised, hated and in demise. This is the time right now when God is ready to bring about what he always promised. He's not bringing it about by, by, the, by the intervention of human hands. He's bringing it about by his mighty power, his mighty strength. But before you receive everything that God said you got a journey to go through some of you have been on the journey I'm describing right now you have not sat in the place of God's proclamation you have not reaped the benefits of what God promised you have just been on the way or you've been captivated I want to tell you something did you know that oppressors need grace like the oppressed those brothers every day of their life had to live under the guilt. You know what they did? They, 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 they said, oh my God, he's gone. When Reuben comes back, he's gone. They sold him. He's gone. So they asked, what are we going to What are we going to tell daddy? Y'all will say, what are we going to tell mom? <laughs> what are they going to do? He said, get his coat. They took a, a goat, cut his throat, and, and poured the goat's blood on the coat to make it look like an animal had ravaged him. Took the coat back to the daddy and said, this is, is this your son's coat? Jacob took the coat, now called Israel, took the coat and, and, and in his highest of hopes, 
greatest of his love, sinks to the ground. He was mourning so much for that boy until he said, I, I, this will take me down to my grave. In other words, as long as I live, I'm going to mourn the loss of this son. And by the way, those of you parents who've been mourning over the loss, that is not your place for the rest of life. You need Jacob's story. You need to know that the God who gave you that child or gave you the thing that you lost is the guy that can return or restore or replace. Oh, it took some time, but God, oh, God is amazing. God is amazing how his power and ability to bring about what we don't have the power to bring about. You look at Jacob's life, and you, it's unbelievable what he did. I can't take you there too quick, but let me just tell you that you might be mourning right now, but I promise you in the name of Jesus, I promise you what God gave you, what God promised you, he, it may look like it's dead, but I promise you everything he promised you will come back and you will, you're going to praise him and bless him because you're going to hold that thing in your hand. You're going to see that thing with your eye. He is not going to leave you with an unfulfilled promise. I also want to tell you, you have to go through something before you get it. I'm here to tell you today that God's repair of your family. You may have to go through something, but I promise you, I'm here today to promise you, God will fix it. All the brothers, they don't know. You know, in the secret, uh, in the secret places of their, of their conversation, can you imagine what they talk? You know, I wonder how he is. I wonder, is he alive? You can't do wrong to people without carrying guilt, carrying guilt. You, 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 can't, you can't hurt blood without your blood suffering. Every one of them boys, every one of them had to deal with that the rest of their days. They had to live in the lie. Some of us said, is that what it is? Some of y'all sitting there but here today, living in the lie of what you told your parents, you know it was a lie and it's still weighing on you in your heart. Today, today will be the day that you turn that thing around. That you get free from living under the condemnation of what you did and said to each other in your family. You know, God is awesome. You know, you know, a, a lie is not gonna stay, a lie is not gonna stay buried. You know that, right? You know the truth is gonna find its way to the light. How many of you know the truth will find its way to the light? The truth will be revealed. You know that. Some of us are having problems because we're living in a lie. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you the way I'm looking at it in my heart right now. One reason why you have not been able to experience the love that, that God has given you for your wife and for your husband is because of your secret infidelity. You have not been willing to admit that. There's grace to forgive and to heal you. But somebody told you, man, you know, don't tell you, keep that secret. But it's eating you up. When God restores family, he restores it in truth. Today, we're going to pray in just a moment. And when I pray for you and you as we pray together, I want God to give you the courage to face what you have done. You know, in many families, one reason why siblings aren't speaking to each other because what you said and what you did to each other. How you sabotaged each other. How you took and stole from each other. How you stole reputation from your family members. Re gave a bad report. It should have, been a, should have been a good report, but you gave a bad report. Because you didn't like them. And, and, and you felt justified because of what they did to you. Are y'all, am I talking to the right people? I want to tell you today, today when we, when, we, when we go before the Lord in a moment, I want you to receive from the Lord that spirit of truth. Well, the way God restores is he, he restores the family by uncovering the truth. It's true. You shall know the, come on, and the, shall do what? So if we walk on this journey for the next couple of weeks together, I want you to start that this morning. In fact, I want you to stand on your feet.
you might be one of the ones who've been walking in this pride of what God said, and you may have tried to use that as leverage against those either that you think hate you or you think are better than you. And you may need to repent from that. The greater the dream, the greater the humility. The greater the promise. Lord Jesus. For some people, the greater the promise, the greater the pain. So you may have to do some repenting today before God. Oh, but it would be so worth it. Some of you may have to find that family member again and have a critical conversation. You may have to say the things that are true. You may have to do something almost unthinkable. You may actually have to ask them to forgive you. And you can't force anybody to forgive you. Forgiveness is nothing you can force. If you forced it, it wasn't forgiveness. Forgiveness must be given freely, just like God gave freely and forgave you. Are you there, saints? And so when you ask, you're not demanding, you're asking. And, and you're not talking about, if I did anything wrong, give me a break. No, what you're saying is, when I did this, when I said this, when I didn't say what I should have said, when I, when I didn't stand up for you when I should have stood up for you, I should have done it, but I didn't. I was afraid. I was a coward. I was selfish. I was too prideful. Ooh, talk about words that can and open heaven and bring healing down on that relationship. Then I want you to have the courage, saints, to do it. When God impresses you and shows you, do it. Make the call. Sometimes this is with your own children. Sometimes you have to say, I was wrong for treating you better than I treated the others. Sometimes you have to just be honest and say, I should never have exalted him above you. Wow. Okay, take somebody's hand. All right. We're going to pray. I want you to talk to God. Make a, make a choice today. Whatever area of repentance you need, you may be one of the ones that's in a pit right now. You, 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 don't, know what, you don't know what to do. You just trapped. You got there because somebody didn't or somebody should have, somebody could have and didn't. And, and, and now you're there. And What are you going to do? I want to tell you that the dream that Joseph dreamed while he was in the pit was as real in heaven as it always was, even though it was not yet manifest. Sometime when you're in the pit, you just have to say, Lord, I don't even know how you're going to do this, but I believe you. Sometimes you have to tell God, Lord, you, you, you know, you prompted me to close my mouth and not say anything, but I said something anyway. Sometimes you have to admit to God, I let the cat out the bag too, too quick. Are you, are, you, are you there, saints? Okay, so I want to give you this promise as we, as we start to pray. When you open your mouth and when you go this way to those significant relationships to have those critical conversations, I promise you God is showing up in the midst of it. And what was, what was, and what was sick becomes healed and whole. What was stolen gets returned in, in abundance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if, you're, if you've been plotting how you're going to get them back, because some of you were born with that thing, oh, oh I'm going to get you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm going to get you, yeah. It, it, those of you that had that, that, that vengeance thing in your heart, and you have, you're, you're bitter today because of the, vende of the vengeance in your heart that's not been vindicated. And God wants to set you free. He wants you to let that out to God. God, I give up trying to get back. I'm, I'm going to declare with God that vengeance is yours. You're the only one that judges rightly. So you have to say to God, Lord, 
I, in fact, the Lord, Holy Spirit will lead you to do something opposite of what's been in your heart. Watch God do the miraculous. Now, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for these who stand before me today, before this word. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you are doing by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power of healing, the power of truth. I bless you and I praise you, Lord, today for those who have the courage. They have the courage to admit he's talking about me today, Lord. I thank you, Father, for those who must go to those family members or get them on the phone or use their Zoom or their FaceTime to have that critical conversation. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for pouring in the oil and the wine, the healing of their hearts because they obey your words. I pray for husbands and wives who need that healing between them that only you can do it and take the, uh, the wall of offense to dis dismantle the walls of offense that have been built up between them so that they in heart may be one again. I thank you, Lord, for delivering us from the blame game and delivering us to forgiveness and repentance. I, I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for this today. I praise you for it. And I thank you for the great joy that comes forth because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord.